You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You know, the thing is, we're here now, so just be here now. That's all I gotta say. Welcome to Unhinged, episode 56, recorded January 21st, 2018. Today we have a special guest with us, don't we, Doug? He's sitting right there with you. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, my friend Avery. We've uh, referenced uh, him in the past, and he's, of course, always put some great feedback on our website on the shows. Avid listener, and uh, and uh, we interviewed Matt, my friend, a couple of times with his um, Spectrum Boy, mm-hmm. but now we have uh, our first autistic guest. It's uh, somebody who's really been uh, helping me get attuned to, to my own uh, Spectrum issues, um, but uh, we have very similar stories of a lot of years of the world shitting on us uh, mm-hmm. and not being treated and not being, uh, so having to do this all on our own. So um, you leave a lot of you get a lot of scars and uh, have dealt with a lot of similar issues. Um, yep. So, but uh, I'd like him to share his, his experience and um, you know, so I'll turn over Avery to uh, say hello and introduce himself. So hi, <clears throat> hi my name's uh, Avery. Um, I guess I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm uh, as far as the spectrum is concerned, uh, I guess I'm classified as Asperger's, the uh, higher functioning end of the spectrum, although uh, not 100 percent sure that I always agree with how high functioning I am. (laughs) But I guess it's better than being considered low functioning. Well, but that's the whole point of the the spectrum and why they call it that because it's so broad. uh, And I mean, you know, you have an eidetic memory. That's a very special, rare uh, thing. So that's a very high functioning aspect. So, you know, I mean, I know it varies and it would be typical for somebody on the spectrum to be completely useless on one thing in life, but on the other thing is just special, but yet it's things that people don't, that they take for granted. It's not important because it's not a moneymaker. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's kind of, it's not appreciated by the public, you know? Um, so, you know. So Doug, remind us of, uh, you're talking about the spectrum and you've always considered yourself as, as being in that spectrum. Now, now compare where you are, where Avery is and what the spectrum is in general. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it's basically, you know, it's still controversial because it's, it's all new. And again, I don't know if I was accurately diagnosed, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to accurately diagnose somebody with ADD and where, when I was growing up, it was very new. It was right. Edward Hallowell with his book, Driven to Distraction, and all of a sudden ADD is this new thing. All right, let's give our kids speed, you know? Um, and so ADHD. But if I was diagnosed now, I believe more I um, get closer to Avery and have more experience uh, hanging out with him and talking with him, I think I'm further along than that. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a this dial, but it's very broad and, and I don't really know where you can, you know, yeah. it's still, like I said, it's a very, um, intricate, very, uh, um, it's very new and it's, it's still sort of affecting the brain in very strange ways. And, 
it's just again, it's hard to it's hard to see where the spectrum starts and where it ends like where how do you classify someone as being spectrum um, well i mean if you it's you know from a biochemical neurological perspective it would be you know how it affects the gaba receptors in the brain and how mm-hmm. you uh, retrieve things you know memories from your hippocampus and uh, you know and uh, so it's basically you know if you take it very simply which again i think it's much more than this and they they're studying the hell out of it trying to get any data but you'd have adhd on the sort of that end and then you'd have asperger's and then autism right you know um so it's really it's kind of uh also known as asd really the autism spectrum disorder but it's uh you don't want to just name one because there's sort of a few yeah. that are on the so uh it's for me it's not just adhd because that's why the adhd tools and the way to uh it affects people um the out of sight out of mind stuff i told you about and mm-hmm. that's typical but then there are other things where i have these sort of savant like things with the guitar picking it up and right um and and also the the movie thing before my brain was memories were zapped out of me but um uh with avery it goes to another level where uh i always use that example of like i i could tell you every you know you were amazed i could you could always name a band from now on back to the 60s yeah and i can name every member of the band right uh but avery can remember every name of the band and what their shoe size were you know what i mean (laughs) So it's it just it's just a loose way of just sort of saying that what the difference is. So, so um, Avery, but, you know, it's, uh, tell us tell us about uh, first of all how were you and when were you first diagnosed? Um, um, and yeah, go ahead. Well, this is with, a big problem. Yeah, with me, um, unfortunately, I didn't get accurately uh, diagnosed with uh, Asperger's until I was thirty six. So this was in two thousand and nine. But I had been in the system of like, you know, psychiatric observation and care since I was about, I'd say, uh, three years old. And when I was younger, initially, it was classified as um, antisocial. But, yeah. you know, they're always changing the classifications. And so at a certain point, antisocial came down to, you know, acts of you know borderline criminality. And that wasn't applicable. Totally. Not. Mm. Yeah. So when I was like, I guess, in my late teens, early 20s, and I returned to, you know, was looking for some more answers. It was classified as personality disorder, because they needed something to bill OHIP or, uh, you know, the, the or, you know, that pay for the uh, health care. And the problem with that, I used to joke is, personality disorder don't i need a personality to have it be a disorder to begin with (laughs) like no seriously like i was pretty much an angry young guy and the thing was is that that anger probably prevented you know a proper diagnosis because i was under weekly observation at our cam age for all of my 20s and i was dealing with the fallout of you know my difficult childhood but because i was presenting like you know primarily a very angry pessimistic outlook it made it hard to get like a read on it, even though there was a paper trail going back like 15 years before that. So what happened was, is that, you know, I had been on government assistance since I turned 18. And then, you know, around the turn of the millennium, I was still on assistance, but I got involved in uh, running a charity uh, a meal program with my late father. And when he passed away, um, I received, you know, an, 
you know, a nice insurance payment. And so I was off, I had to like, you know, give up my benefits for that. And, you know, when the money ran out, I had to get back on assistance and it had been a long time. Like it was much harder to, you know, go back on ODSP the second time around. And it was a two year struggle. And because of the nature of the volunteer work I was doing, they felt that, you know, perhaps I was not, uh, you know, as disabled as I claimed. So it mm. was a two year battle. But as a result, I finally got properly diagnosed. And because I wasn't as angry as I once was, you know, when that, uh, you know, came down, the guy, the doctor said to me, he was like the wizard in the Wizard of Oz. One of his younger underlings was asking questions, but she wasn't getting what he needed. So he came out from behind the mirror, asked me three questions, bang, bang, bang. And then like a week later, they said, you know, you've always been Asperger's. Whatever else might be going on, anxiety, depression, it's all through the lens of, um, you know, being on the spectrum, which is, you know, there are similarities to like, you know, depression or whatnot, but it's sort of from a different place. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, it was a relief to get the diagnosis because, you know, in that two year battle to like finally find out what was going on the very first time. So about 10 years ago, when I read about, you know, Asperger's, I knew I was like a light went off in my, uh, you know, head, like I was reading an article, there's this guy, um, uh, you know, uh, I think his name is John Robeson and he's mm -hmm. like, you know, a big, uh, proponent on this and his claim to fame back in the seventies is he's the guy who designed the rocket guitar for Ace Freely. So oh, it's nice. just like, you know, he was like a rocket man, literally. And his gift was like, you know, he was an engineering genius. So he found his niche working for rock bands doing his, uh, you know, these, uh, applications and, you know, music is my passion, even though I completely lack any technical ability to play it. But when I read this guy's book, I was like, oh, my God, it's like, OK, I'm not like that kind of savant. But mm -hmm. just reading what he said, it was like I it's like I, you know, I was like 35 and I had like finally arrived. Yeah. But, you know, part of it is that, you know, these doctors are trying to diagnose something that they really knew barely nothing about. Meanwhile, we're again, you know, lions to the slaughter. It's like we have completely different ways of learning, uh, and and you know, so you can say it's it's part learning disabilities. Even though you have these savant-like qualities, you learn completely different than the rest of the class, which then alienates you. Then you don't get any. You know, the parents are just they don't know what to do with you, and you just have one. You know, you get shit on over and over because nobody knows what to make of you. So they're borderline personality. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a serial killer. You know, that's not anywhere close. So, you know, you slap labels on and you get even more screwed up because they're they're trying to sort of you know, offer therapy to the completely different disorder. Right. So, you know, so we, we were raised, you know, not treated and we suffered a lot of hell um, not being treated, you know, and I haven't talked a lot about it, but this is a time to let that part out because unfortunately I also had this, this neurological brain problem, which, right. You know, kind of trumps it because that's like, you know, you got to avoid killing yourself so you can address the damn spectrum stuff. Right. So, you know, I kind of got the full Monty on that situation, but we both ended up with very similar things, you know, uh, um, you know, obviously a lot of trauma and, and not fitting in a lot of self-confidence, uh, issues and and losing parents and we both did and um mm -hmm. there's a lot of similarities and and then you go through the system 
uh, where they don't really give a crap about you to begin with. Yeah. And then they're dealing with this disorder that still they know nothing about. So you get lost in this system and you're just alienated in your own little world. So I know, Doug, that you were um, bullied as a child. Um, and Avery, I'm curious, did you experience similar uh, things growing up? Where, where Was it hard to, uh, like, was school hard? Were uh, interacting with other kids? How did that happen? Um, yeah. In my case, um, what happened was, like I said, I was in the system from the age of about three. And, you know, we're talking like the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And I had a very, you know, like interesting upbringing. And, you know, my mother was very proactive, you know, trying to get like help and whatnot. But it was like the Wild West of these things. Right. And so, you know, I was very rambunctious and I had total recall from an early age. And my father was a great guy, but he had a colorful vocabulary. (laughs) And unfortunately, I was like a mimic. So I was, uh, you know, I I grew up across the street from a parochial Jewish preschool and my mother was pregnant and she needed me out of the house. So I got sent to this preschool. But unfortunately, I taught all these children who were like (laughs) religious, weren't religious. They were getting a very colorful vocabulary. And my mother would just blush because she knew that it was her little devil teaching these (laughs) kids how to swear. And so when it came time to go into the public school system, I was blackballed. Mm. You know, I was like with the public health nurses. So, you know, I went to a special like uh, kindergarten type situation. But the thing was, is that most of these children were not only uh, behavioral difficulties, there were intellectual ones as well. And had the behavioral, but it wasn't an intellectual issue. In fact, you know, I guess you could say, and I'm not telling my own horn, I was probably gifted. I probably peaked Mm -hmm. at eight or nine. But the behavioral difficulties got in the way of, you know, utilizing, you know, the gift that I had been given. Mm -hmm. And so. So you get further alienated. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was bullied, but I stood up for myself because I had a big mouth. But that only made things worse. And then, you know, you get labeled problem child. And I was like in a group home for a year. And then, you know, and they realized that it wasn't the right environment. Because, again, I was like six and I was in grade one with like 12 year olds. And it Mm. would be like, you know, you don't get socialized. I wasn't socialized properly. So then, you know, I ended up in a foster home. And then I went to live with my wealthy uncle's family for three years. And that wasn't a good fit because he was very successful, but they had their own stuff going on. The only difference between my family and his family was, you know, they had the, you know, air of money and respectability. But there was a lot of, um, you know, stuff under the surface there. So it was one of these things where it was like, Again, they saw I was gifted. I tested off the charts, but nobody, yeah, nobody would, you know, they wouldn't touch me. Yeah. And it was the unfortunate thing because now it would be different. You know, now they know how to deal with this, but it's like people who had polio. There's always like victims or right. like you know, scapegoats. And it was just one of these situations, you know. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, there are a lot of typical um, behavioral traits with spectrum disorders. Um the eye contact and you know i mean we see the 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 rain man's and the good doctor and they're painting it you know this extreme picture um you know where but avery had to and i give you a lot of credit for you know those social awkwardness uh things lack of a better way to say um you actually got over them yourself really and and had to just for survival you know had to Mm -hmm. adapt and try and be less of an alien you know so that people could you know give you the time of day and try and like assimilate with the humans 
you know, and right. I, it's the same thing. And, but again, you know, with all those years of having to do that, that's a lot to take on for this kid who already had challenges. And so, you know, it's uh, not like Matt and Nate were, uh, you know, lucky for Nate, who's my friend Matt's kid. He's getting you know, special treatment right in early age and he's going to, you know, hopefully be able to have a sort of a, yeah, he's, of life, you know? he's growing up in a time when we understand these things a little better. So he's got that advantage, which is great. Yeah. And I, I keep saying, you know, there's a lot of tragic issues with not being treated when you have this kind of thing. The world will shit all over you. Yeah. And uh, it's a scarring and you end up sort of like, you know, this like highly gifted people who just have no self-worth and it's just you can't find a way to, you know, have a, a, a career and a future and this bright, you know, because you're just lost in this, you know, it's a kind of a total dis discombobulated yeah. experience. So you know? I'm, I'm very interested in the, um, the gift side of it. Um, I know well, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, you, you obviously uh, were able to hyper-focus and uh, you know, learn guitar uh, a against all odds, really, um, because you really couldn't focus on anything else. I mean, I, you know, school was never really, you know, uh, at least in college, I remember you struggled. Um, but what well, I'm sure he can relate to this. If he's, uh, that I liked, I would just, I would excel like beyond, I didn't yeah. have to study, you know, just like, exactly. But, but the other thing, you know, if I'm in a, a math class, you know, I was listening to the professor and it, like he was talking Japanese. Right. You know, it's just, you know, and there was no, um, uh, you know, provision for that. No, there was no accommodation for that. Right. So you got to sort of fend for yourself and um, it's, it's very, very tough. You know? So Avery, what is your superpower as far as uh, your gifts from the spectrum? Well, um, if I can sum it up briefly, and I joked if I ever get around to writing a book, uh, the leading uh, contender for the title would be book smart, people stupid. So <laughs> essentially, like it's my memory, like seriously, like I was reading like from an early age, like 20 books a week. Like wow. my memory is my gift. Like it's a regurgitating party trick, but I don't swallow swords. I spit out information that people would probably rather not hear. Like when he said about the music thing, like mm -hmm. I never had the coordination. It's a classic spectrum thing, being clumsy. That's one of the things that I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for lack of trying. I tried like every instrument and it was like all thumbs. Yeah. Like, so, you know, so I decided that I couldn't play, but like my appreciation for breaths of musical discipline is like, you know, various genres where most people are not, you know, are into certain genres or whatever. I was mm -hmm. like pretty promiscuous with my musical taste. <laughs> well, Ed and I share the same. Well, yeah, but I never, things. it's like I was into stuff that people like, unless you knew people who were musicians, they would like laugh, why are you listening to this? And yeah. so it was very difficult because I was into stuff like I'd be reading guitar player. I had no business reading guitar player. <laughs> it's like not that I understood like anything, but I read to hear about, you know, it's not like I was like, you know, look at reading the lessons because I mean, I would read it, but it might as well have been in Swahili. Right. But I enjoyed like learning about like the stuff because I appreciated music so much. And it was really wasn't fluff, at least back in the day. I mean, it might be different now. So, I mean, I really doubled down, you know, because in order to read or listen to music, these are not group activities 
at least, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, this is what I put my 10,000 Malcolm Gladwell outlier hours into <laughs> was that like literally like pretty much always listening to music, re- you know, and the irony, though, is because, you know, I like my space. I've maybe seen a hundred odd concerts in my life, which you would think that someone who's really into music. But then you like I said, you get into the, uh, you know, there's the economic side of it. And then it's just like I like like, again, you know, if it doesn't sound like the record, some people it's like they don't want that. But, yeah. you know, being like a classic, it's like I like the precision. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, and like I consider and like put on headphones or whatnot. So that was really what I concentrated on. Like, you know, I can write really well. You know, my memory is great. You know, some would say I have an aptitude for comedy. There are avenues I could have pursued, but the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they say a lot of comedians or comedian wannabes are like, you know, they're not the spectrum is not unknown to them. But because yeah. I was never a joiner, I was never, you know, I grew up with a father who, you know, had substance abuse issues. That was always, um, you know, I was never going to go down that route regardless. But, you know, seeing what he went through. And I mean, my father, from what I was told, he was more of a, like a rain man savant when the, where the numbers are concerned. He was never diagnosed, even mm. though he was like a lifetime of uh, psychiatric observation. They, if they didn't know for him. Well, in, so, in his day, it, it was back in the day when you were either crazy or not crazy. That was right. all they had. Yeah. So your was your father then, do you believe he was uh, on the spectrum? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was like, I mean, my father, you know, was a bookkeeper by trade, but um, he was off the, you know, he was off the charts with what he could do in his head with the numbers. Like it was like rain man. And, you know, he uh, got involved in some uh, self-created criminal uh you know, enterprises vis-a-vis embezzlement. Mm-hmm. And this was done without, like, this is going back like 30 years ago without computers. This was like, this is like totally off the charts. And, you know, when I told them, you know, when I was getting diagnosed, they said, from what you're telling us, I mean, my father was dead already at this point. They said, you know, he it sounds like you're like next generation, you know. So, I mean, you know, but like I said, where I was more the literary type, he was the numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, I mean, the you know him having the substance abuse issues and we don't dwell on this but but you know it was almost more frustrating for him because he was living in even a generation before and not knowing why the hell he could do all this magical shit with one part of his brain and nothing with the other and yeah. so obviously he was in a lot of pain and that's why he was doing that uh you know and he was just trying to survive you know and uh but avery's made a lot of you know, changes to himself that and 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 avoiding those self-medicating situations yeah. and and beating himself up. Although we beat ourselves up daily, and you know. well, I have a black belt in that. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no question. We were like, yeah, to ourselves. Yeah, I'm a self-masochist. Yeah. So, so this this tells me that um, it's pretty obvious that uh, uh, there's some hereditary aspect to this. Yeah, no, so, definitely there is, and. and you know, a lot of times when it's um, when the especially if the father uh, is later in age and has uh, gives birth, mm-hmm. you know, the father doesn't give birth, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, loans secede. Yes. Uh, there's much a higher chance that your uh, child will be uh, in the spectrum. Well, it's yeah, interesting. Like my father, oh, sorry. 
No, no, go ahead. My father was like 27 when I was conceived, but you know, there was issues on both sides of my family, like uh, my mother. So the deck was sort of stacked against, you know, doubly blessed from both sides of the family. So it's like, I can't blame it on late, like birthing age, although it would have been nice, I guess. Yeah. You want something to to blame. We know we found out from mine that mine is genetic on both sides. Right. Uh, You know, at least on the, the, on the TRD part, um, the spectrum thing, I don't know. You know, I suspect my mother's probably ADD, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I ended up a little bit, you know, uh, with some more superpowers, you know. Um, but again, back in those days, you know, I would say it probably was more pressure to be more normalized because this stuff was just not out there. Now right. there's at least an awareness where you can say, you know, some of it can at least be appreciated, you know. Yeah. So um, back to the gifts thing. Um, so I find it very interesting that. Uh, well, you understand what the eidetic memory is. You've seen. Well, that's what I was. Uh, that's where I was going. I was going to ask: Is it eidetic me- memory? Is that what you yeah. have? Is that what's the difference between that and photographic memory, or is that just a terminology thing? Um. Yeah, he should probably look that up. Well, no, I, I mean. In a sense, a photographic memory is being able to, you know, just look at a page and you've got it, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, eidetic memory is, you know, if you haven't seen Avery in 20 years, you say, well, when was the last time I saw you? And he will be able to say it was August 4th, uh, 1984. You were wearing a red shirt. I was wearing a pink yeah. shirt, uh, you know, and we were having steak and you had the fish and it's that incredible. And but nobody gives a shit. You know, that's, that doesn't make money. So we live in a society where that's the way things are measured. In other cultures, we would be, like, honored and being these, like, you know, prodigy kids. Mm-hmm. But in this culture, it's, uh, no, you're shit on, really. When did you discover you had uh, an eidetic memory? Um. Well, like, from early on, like I said, like, you know, because of the nature of my difficult childhood, like, reading was a comfort. And so, like, you know... I would read like a lot of books and then I would do a lot of writing and whatnot. And it was just, you know, later on, like when I was in school, like, I mean, I just excelled in English and, you know, but the thing was, was because it wasn't really nurtured the way it should have been, you know, and I probably didn't make it easy because, you know, I was like Mm -hmm. relatively angry, but then the option wasn't really there. Like there was one teacher in my life when I was in grade six who went to bat for me. But the resistance that he went up against, it was pretty much the last time you know, in that regard, anyone went out on a limb because mm. there was this paper trail of like group homes, you know, children's aid and all sorts of stuff that followed around. And, you know, it, it was unfortunate because, you know, up until like I was probably 18 in my head, I believed when people would say to me, you know, you're going to meet your people, you know, it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I came of age and that didn't really happen, I sort of disconnected and I, you know, for about 10 years, I basically went subterranean. Hmm. And, you know, and, you know, and there was a brief period at the turn of the millennium where I was like a respectable, respectable member of society. And really, unfo- you? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> when I was involved with this uh, homeless charity meal with my father that his uh, brother had started, and we ended up like being responsible for a lot of the behind the scenes operations. And when my father passed away, I took over like running it for a couple of years. But I realized that, you know, I would be putting in insane amount of hours because, you know, and it was a volunteer thing. 
but I realized like people, the weekend would come and people would be excited that it's the weekend. They're going to, you know, do all sorts of stuff. And I'd be like, I don't have anything to do. You know, we mm. had a meal on Sunday. So that was my weekend as well. And I'd be like, well, I'm trying to be more like everybody else, but I never felt more alien in my life. And then I disappeared back into the ether again for another 10 years. Well, and that, and that shows you too, that, um, there's the, uh, see, now we can actually just leave this going to understand where your memory should, <laughs> you know, uh, but you had a point to make and you forgot it. Yeah. And that's Slipped just, your mind. that's very, memory can be extremely, uh, you know, again, this eidetic thing. And, but then also certain, uh, as you're talking can be fleeting, you know, and, and generally though, we can have great recall. And of course they blasted a lot of that out of me. Um, to to help cure the other part. Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna say. You, your your memory today as an adult is is uh, is sketchy in the sense that uh, because of the ECT treatments you had, um, so yeah, many. Of like, them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they basically beat the shit out of Superman and then took away his uh, X-ray vision, and you know, I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, but to give you an example, you know, I always say that you know, like one of my superpowers is this. Uh, uh, musically, so that's usually about one out of let's say thirty thousand people mm -hmm. uh, with an eidetic memory. Just to give you an idea, um, you know, this is a, a perceptual phenomenon they call the eidetic memory. It generally occurs between two and fifteen percent of children. More on that low side, so it's mm -hmm. very rare in that, and very rare in adults. Yeah, um, but it's. it's um, it's quite a phenomenon and it's still really something being studied. Uh, but it's not like something that the average kid can relate to, you know, no. uh, especially when you're socially awkward and you have this, all of a sudden the supervisor is like, who gives a shit? You know, it's like they're, they're too busy wondering why he's like, well, and it's one of those things. It's one of those things that from the outside looking in me being a quote unquote normal, um, I would kill for an eidetic memory. Oh my God. The things I could do, you know, that's that's what runs through my head. Um, well, and, and that makes perfect sense, and we can understand that. But the the shit we had to deal with, it's like, I'd, yeah. I'd, if, I'd gladly give that up for a hamburger today. You right. know what I mean? A little wimpy <laughs> in there. I yeah, no, no. I Well, the thing, you know, that I found was that the problem with an eidetic memory is, you know, if it's good stuff or if it's stuff that propels you forward, it's great. But my thing was that not only did I remember everything I did or said, I remembered everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And most people, understandably, don't appreciate that because they don't want to be called on their own shit. Right. And so I yeah, burnt, remember when you called me yeah, an asshole back in yeah, 1972. And I burnt my <laughs> many bridges that way. And I wasn't doing it deliberately. But, like, you know, it's hard because I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just right. a, a reflex. And so that's one of the downsides, you know, from a spectrum point that it makes it difficult because it's just, you know, I, I have maybe a little more control with this than I did back in the day. But it took a long time to realize that because most people aren't wired that way. And even if they were, they are maybe better actors at obscuring this. Because, like I said, people don't really want to be reminded of the bad stuff. Even if you're not doing it on purpose, you know, everybody deals with their own in their own way. So the last thing they need is mm -hmm. some like, you know, Sheldon or good doctor or something coming and saying, you know, that's like, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Like go blow. And so that's one of the things it's a difficult balance to strike 
because it's not, you know, at least, you know, for the most part, I never did it with any malicious intent. Right. But because, you know, you're dealing with, you know, spectrum tendencies and there's, you know, pedantic speech and whatnot, I could see, you know, being a little wiser now in my middle age, why it might be perceived as being kind of dickish. Mm. But it's like, again, it's a hard thing to try to, you know, because most people's, you know, spectrum type interpretation is still Rain Man. Or it's like Sheldon on Big Bang Theory, and they've never named it that. And they could do a lot of good. I mean, it's obvious it's, you know, it's in the spectrum realm. And then you have like the good doctor, but the guy is closer to like a Rain Man territory. And it's pretty damn extreme. It's because it's sensationalism. They're doing it to show, oh, look at the weird guy. And that's not what we want to accomplish. So I don't like the way he's playing the role. And and Avery's watching the show because it's something that, you know, you want to be able to relate to in some way. Uh, but, you know, we had to make do all this work and compensation to not be completely vilified by everybody and beat the shit on. So we had to do this a lot on our own. And with all these challenges, it's... You know, so we're showing, we're presenting a show where unfortunately the two of us are middle-aged guys who are really, in a sense, wrongly treated, untreated, whatever, and we're showing you the horrible repercussions of that, Mm -hmm. which then, on the other side of it, the importance of treating it early, getting properly diagnosed, because you could breed and and, and groom an incredible person, like Matt hopefully will be doing. Uh, yes. who's already an amazing kid. Uh, so, you know, again, we have a lot of scars and a lot of shit we've dealt with, but certainly there's an amount of jealousy involved that we didn't get what we needed. And, you know, look where we are now. You know? Yeah, and so, it's all right now it's really all about awareness, um, you know, for, for future parents, for example. If they have a spectrum child, they need to be aware of that and do the proper things, uh, treat them the right way. Uh, and recognize that that's what it is. Um, well, that's made me think too now that like, you know, I'm just thinking out loud now, but now that, you know, if the kids are in, let's say, special schools, like he's in an Asperger, uh, you know, environment, it's sort of a more um, uh, privatized specific type of uh, education that they're learning to uh, accommodate, the, you know, the, the spectrum disorder. But then when do you assimilate them with the other kids? You know, and, right. and that has to be a, yeah, you know, so you're you're not being exposed to the social part. So I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's really yeah, it's, it's tough, it's, especially since other kids can be very cruel and just from they see someone different, they might react. Um, but again, yeah, and, and you don't want to be st- st- the add more stigma because you've watched a good doctor, then you think, oh, when I meet Avery, I'm going to meet this like you know guy who's looking off into this. You can't look at people in the eye, and right. that's the extreme case where. You know, it's uh, it's not all the same. Is that well, and that's, that's why it's a spectrum. Exactly, I was going to say this is why it's called a spectrum, which means it's just it covers all ground. Um, and that's going to change. It's spectrum for now because they just don't fucking know. You know, yeah. so it's like all right, we'll call it the spectrum, man. This is like broad. You know, uh, yeah. But, but there's so there is a problem though because Asperger's a couple of years ago, like in the categorization of these uh, issues and whatnot, was. Put, thrown back under the autism spectrum disorder, you know, where Asperger's is its own thing, but yeah. it wasn't being taken seriously enough. But it is, you know, because theoretically it's supposed to be the higher functioning, you know, but when they place it all under the umbrella, it I don't think it really helps either side. I think it hinders it. I yeah. think it's actually worse for it because you're not 
treating each one indi- differently, you know, yeah. what they need to be. Yeah. So until they learn, they have to, and I'm sure that's going to happen or it's going to get Like better. I've been told time and time again, you know, when I've gone occasionally looking for certain types of assistance, you know, you sound like a lawyer, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, spend enough time around me and you'll change that opinion very quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the problem because people still, like I said, like, once these kids, like I think now, like, you know, around their 18, they're pretty much cut loose. There's a big difference between 18 and I'm going to be 45 in a couple of months. It's like, what happens to all these people, high functioning or not? You know, it's like once you're no longer cute or when it doesn't seem like there's any, you know, hope or salvaging of the situation. And there, unfortunately, there are a lot of people. It's not like we're isolated incidents. I'm not saying I'm special or that he's special in any way, shape or form. It's just we're not really heard in the mainstream. There are organizations, there are, you know, other people with the spectrum disorders who, you know, who are making a voice for themselves, but it's not really mainstream. And I think that that's a problem. Well, and and there's a lot of people who are homeless, who are, Mm -hmm. you know, who are spectrum, who are savants. Uh, Norm MacDonald had a, he was on Jerry Seinfeld's talk show and, no, it wasn't Norm McDonald. Was it Norm McDonald? I don't remember. One of the guys, but uh, <laughs> some guy, some human, but uh, who was amazing at chess. Oh, it was Kramer. It was uh, Michael Richards. Amazing at chess. He got to be just unbelievable. Nobody could beat him. And he ended up going to this park, and this homeless guy uh, had his chess thing set up. And he said, Want to play? You know, and he said, Well, I'll let you play, you know, two games. And if I win them both, we're done, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this guy, he beat my coach in like two minutes. It was done, <laughs> you know, checkmate, boop, 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 checkmate, done. He met a savant, you know? And, yeah. and so these guys wanted to go and they would practice going to these parks to play in these guys and they'd never, they never win. But meanwhile, these guys are fucking homeless. So these yeah, gifts it's amazing. are not, you know, uh, it's not a, it's not a gift. It's almost a curse. You're not going to retire off being like a, a run, you know, your average middle-aged, like borderline homeless savant is what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Your reference is everything. All these formative years that were so effed up. I'm using an F a lot. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it just, uh, it's tough. It ain't fair, you know, and, and, you know, well, and you, it's hard. It, yeah. It's hard. A society that is, yeah, no, I was going to say it's hard to uh, to try to – you have these talents. You have these very obvious talents, but in in order to take advantage of them to have a better life is very difficult. Uh, I mean, it's well, difficult to even – focusing on you're, – you're different. So then you're, right. if you're different in any way, you're automatically sort of, you know – Well, and you also, you also don't want to exploit your talents – in a certain way that that might be considered almost like uh you know the the sideshow carnival type things like you know how you know i'm very tempted to keep asking avery questions about well what when did this song come out who's who are the members of this band you know almost like a game show like it's it's fun well because you it's very cool but for him it's like you know we use it like we always say like a you know, we come out with one of these things. Well, that's why I get paid the big bucks. You know, right. it's very, uh, it's very cynical. Obviously, you know, we're pissed that oh, we could do this, but yet I live in a freaking 
poverty and, and right. going nowhere, you know? So it's very, it's, it's a lot of uh, anger there. But I mean, I, in my case, you know, there are people who have various issues and they're not passionate about anything. I'm glad that at an early age, you know, that I was able to fill the time with something because I yeah. can't imagine how worse it would have been. Like it would have been nice to have been able to be involved in actually playing or something. But, you know, again, unless I was going to be some like uh, folky in a closet, it's not like, you know, again, it's pretty hard to film, form a band when A, you have no talent and B, you're not good with people. <laughs> Right. So like I chose the next best thing. So I, like I said, it, it, it's it's a blessing and a curse. But as far as like, you know, I, I it, to me, I don't see it as a party trick because I'm so passionate about music. I could talk about it all day. It's just that really before I met Doug, it's not like I really had, you know, many people at all that I could talk about the type of music that I was interested in because they right. just interested in that type of thing. So, you know, my life is better now for a multitude of reasons than it was three, four, five years ago. So it's not all negative. I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea. Well, that's great. Um, oh, yeah, so that no, it is. Yeah. Again, the, the part of the spectrum that's the Asperger autism, um, there is, uh, um, there are motor coordination issues and that's what yeah. he's talking about. You know, uh, there's just, you know, one hand, it just sort of, it just doesn't, function properly and that i guess is a you know certain parts of the uh the brain or, or you know whatever are just you know uh messed up and uh, it's really uneven you know it's yeah. just a really so it's a tough thing for any kid growing up to be able to grasp especially when nobody knows what the hell it is so it's like you know, you're Mork from Mork and you're just <laughs> you know sitting on the couch with you know upside down but i'm whatever, still you know. breathing unlike him well that, too soon right. sorry yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, you know, um, I could, you know, again, that's why, you know, it's not a competition, but we, we both had similar repercussions and, uh, you know, shit on my life. But uh, because I had, I didn't have as much of the spectrum, but I had that all that other stuff. Right. And um, so uh, it's really been a challenge. So it's, um, it's amazing that he doesn't play guitar yet I can talk to him about guitar. Uh, it, it's like, like I can with nobody else other than yeah. you. Yeah. And he didn't, so it's a, uh, it's a passion. I mean, I, I feel bad that he can't actually do the, the playing part of it, but you know, um, yeah. With an eidetic memory, you would think that would be, you, you could become an amazing guitarist just because you don't have to, it would be very easy to memorize scales for you <laughs> and things like that. Whereas for me, it's, it's been, I've been playing for decades and I'm still trying to learn. Well, yeah. the, the spirit is willing. Unfortunately, the flesh is weak as they say. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of very frustrating, you know? Uh, yeah. But you know, it's a very, it's, it's, it's pretty much a wrath of God disease until we learn more about it and are able to treat it properly. Yeah. And, and have people understand it. Cause of course you're going to be, you know, shoved off into, all right, cuckoo bell, you know, and yeah. it's not the case, you know? So, um, hopefully the good doctor and Sheldon and will, will grow on that. Hopefully that's the seed and, and you will plant some more and really be able to understand this better, you know? Right. Uh, but the, the, so I guess the question going forward now, because I guess we're, I don't know where we're at minutes wise, but um, 
both of us have a very grim view of the future due to our frame of reference and having been shit on our whole lives. So what, you know, what's the takeaway? Where are we going to go from here? Because it's very hard for me to listen to him. What's just shit that I always say to myself, but yeah. I hear him say, you know, like this is all it's going to be. And that's it, you know, and it, it kills me, but it kills me because, uh, you know, I like him so much, but the other side is it's because it's the same for me. So yeah. um, it's a real challenge. And well, and I, I think, I think, well, just before, I, I think what we're doing here is very important because we're talking about it. We're having the conversation um, and with two uh, people on the spectrum uh, who have uncertain futures. So uh, my one of my big things is advocacy and awareness. And that's what we're trying to do with the show is, is you know, uh, even if one person walks away listening to the show and better understands the spectrum, better understands autism and Asperger's and all that and the differences and everything in between. I think we've done our job. Um, and hopefully that'll eventually get to the point where treatment becomes, uh, you know, second nature, like everyone, Oh, you have that. Okay. Let's go through this path and everyone will have a wonderful life after it. Well, and, and you know, again, it's, you know, it's, it's such a, uh, cuckoo bird type of illness or illness, I don't know, disorder, whatever. I know, I, I love this guy. Like, he, there's so many awesome things about him. It's because I speak his language. It's like, right. it's really helped me. I'm like, oh, sh-. like, when I uh, we met, I was running a group at the MDAO. He was in the group. Yeah. And he would start, you know, the people going around, and everyone has their own sort of style there. And some of them just want to hear themselves talk and whatever. <laughs> but he starts talking and like, and everyone's going like, what is he talking about? Because he's all over the place. And I'm, and I'm going, who's this guy like geez, out there? And then I, but I had this revelation going, I know why I was like, uh, you know, sort of blown away by it. It's because it I was listening to myself. It was like, yeah. you know, and so um, I'm sure it's helpful that we met uh, because we can just get certain things without you know, even unspoken things. And I appreciate him because I have the same issue. So it's, you know, us aliens have to like what live on an Island somewhere, or can we <laughs> assimilate into normal kindred spirits? You yeah. Know, it's, no, you uh, are seriously. Uh, I don't know over that long, but I feel a real connection because it's really helped me like, okay, somebody can get some of the stuff that nobody ever got, you know? And, well, and, uh, and I, similar to the depression thing. I feel that too, because through you, Doug, um, because as we talk multiple times throughout the week, um, we discuss the show, we discuss everything about it. And, and, uh, you know, Avery's name kept coming up. Um, and then, uh, you know, I heard a lot about you and then, uh, we ended up talking and everything. And, and I, I totally get Doug, what you're saying. Uh, I see a lot of uh, of you in Avery and vice versa. Um, but at the same time, I also totally, I, I love the interaction that, that we're having. Uh, and I could see if I were living there in Toronto, I could see the three of us being really close friends. It would be awesome. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're, you know, you're like this outsider who's like, you know, um, in a bad way, but you know, who's just fascinated by this. It is fascinating. Yeah. But, but you know, most of the, regular world don't really think we're fascinating. I think we're cuckoo birds. 
And, but, you know, so. But that's what we're uh, trying to change. That's right. And, and yeah. the fact that you, um, you know, are, are in, you know, interested in this in, in, a, in much different levels, understand the, the difficulties and the, you know, um, I mean, the fact that we're both still here and haven't hung ourselves is a big thing. <laughs> You know, um, it, because it's it's really a, a life really in our culture, uh, they shit all over you. And it's, yeah. you know, the weak and the haves and the have nots and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, in, in other cultures who have been around for, you know, uh, thousands of years, um, we'd be treated a lot differently, I think. Yeah. In this culture, it's about making money and being successful. There's a formula. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but we're really, we're in another, you know, uh, plane of existence so yeah. um it's 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 now again having grown up having been untreated and you're sort of this sort of there's obviously the distortion quality but yeah. how are you going to live have a quality of life that we deserve because it's yeah. not bad people this happens to uh, and you know well it, and i think and, and i think the the groups that you're running at the MDAO and the fact that you guys are able to meet and connect on certain levels, that's all part of this healing. And that's all part of, I mean, it's wonderful that places like the MDAO exist. Um, well, be- I won't give them credit for this yet because really <laughs> they're not focusing on, they, they don't get into the spectrum thing. Like he wants to go to groups because he wants to, uh, you know, get the socialization but he's going to, you know, these mood groups, it's not about depression, anxiety. Really. That, that the, you have some of those things as a repercussion of having to compensate with this with this disorder. Uh, but that's not the place for him. You know, it, it's got to yeah. be. So they, they have to build out a sort of a spectrum side and a spectrum group. But the irony mm-hmm. is that people in our age group who are on the spectrum and, you know, up until a certain point, if like, you know, not to say there weren't women who weren't on the spectrum, but it would be like, oh, that's just like, you know, they're just being girls or whatnot, whereas mm-hmm. there's a lot more understanding. But a lot of people who are on the spectrum probably wouldn't participate in these groups, not because they wouldn't want to, but they've been let down or disappointed by whatever the resources that were, you know, offered. Like I went to a group years ago after being on a waiting list for two years. I had to pay for this. Uh, break time came up. I asked for a refund and left. And, mm. you know, the woman who ran the group understood because most of the people there were closer to Rain Man than they were what I was looking for. Right. Great that they have something for that demographic. But again, it's like I've always lacked a peer group. He's one of the few people that I've ever, you know, been able to, you know, and again, culturally, we're from a similar background. Mm. And yeah. he hasn't really gone into it that much. But our particular background it this might rub some people the wrong way there's a lot of disconnect between class and mood disorder mental illness whatever you want to call it it's not always handled with the most at least in my experience and from my family background there's you know there's like a lot of shame and a lot of Mm -hmm. and so that's a whole other issue where that's you know like again i don't really you know because we're talking for a while but that's a whole other thing where like is one of the major problems because especially depending on your class background, and like he says, under different circumstances, we might have been treated differently. But it's a very tricky conversation to have because, like I said, it overlaps into areas that a lot of people really don't want to get into. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, in that, that kind of parents and that kind of culture wouldn't going like, oh, you got to be my son. He's, he's just 
fascinating no it's like you know well timmy's a lawyer and and he's <laughs> uh, you know and, and and jonathan's going to yale and then avery you know he's uh he's uh you'll meet him you know you know what I mean? like there's just <laughs> yeah they don't it's all right that's how that's you know you know it was like my mother always said to me you know it's like you're my son i love you and whatnot but if as a jewish mother it's like how could i let my daughter you know, and I mean, you know, it's like, I, I mean, there were so many reasons why it wasn't going to happen, but it's like, I never really took it too personally because I mean, I understood, you yeah. know, it, you would wish, you know, and my situation's a little different now, but it's like, that's, it's just one of these things. And I, again, you know, I'm in a much better place now than I had been in a long time. So I want, you know, there is, I do believe there's hope. It's just taken yeah. a lot longer to get there. So I just want to make sure that I communicate that loud and clear. Yeah, I mean, I won't take credit for myself because you just can't do it for yourself, and I'm learning to do it, and you're helping Ed. But, mm -hmm. uh, but I will say that you know he's overcome a lot of stuff, and really it's impressive. And he's you know uh, he's got a girl he's dating, and and uh, it was great. And and uh, we are, if they can deal with the challenges uh, that we might bring, we are very good people, and like you know we offer. Uh, a lot of love. We're very emotional, good, good-hearted people. I mean, he's got oh, hard absolutely, goals, yeah. You know, and um, he never would would intentionally try and hurt. You know, always like sometimes we'll say stuff and we'll like you know, um, you know, sort of uh, preface it by like you know, I don't nothing but you know, and yeah. it's very um, you know, uh, we're just good people, and, and to, this happens to this happens to good people, people who test off the charts as their kids. But it's it's like again nobody knew what to make of it, so right. it's like, you know, oh, what do we do with them? And so you can't blame yeah. them really, but we had to <laughs> endure yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so and hopefully in future future generations it'll be understood better, and people will get the treatment uh, that they require, uh, and uh, not have to suffer as much as you guys have growing up. Yeah, that's and he's very articulate and a great writer too, and that's why I keep sort of at least trying to plant the seed to getting him involved with with our program and our podcast, yeah. and uh, even when we spawn it off into something else, uh, this the Spectrum Show, you know, live from Cuckoo Bell. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but because you know, I, I definitely would love to have him a part of this because he would add another dimension to it. And uh, well, like and he's us. been a, he's been a friend of the show for a while now, and always comments on on every episode uh so we're, there's always a discussion going. I mean, it's, oh yeah it's eloquent i mean it's, it's an amazing writer um so you know it's uh yeah i think it's uh again for awareness you get another person who could really be uh really useful and this this could be a niche that yeah. wouldn't normally be available right now we're coming we're coming up on the hour but uh before we go I do want to ask Avery a couple of uh music questions. <laughs> oh, you're still doing to do the toothpick thing. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Not don't take any notice of him. Yeah, okay. my main man Vern, my main man Vern. Uh Stevie Ray Vaughan Scuttle Button. What year did that come out? Is that 84? Yes, it is. <laughs> it will kill you with this cuz he kills me with it, you know. Uh, let's see. Led Zeppelin, Misty Mountain Hop. 71. Yes. <laughs> Doug, you throw some at him. I don't, I don't have any more prepped. 
um, uh, when did uh, Chicago 25 or 64 come out? Uh, is that uh, it's either 69 or 70? Sorry, I can't narrow it down. You know, I wasn't born in 73, so oh, yeah, you know, I kind of went a little back, if, there. you know, like uh, although All I right. was probably yep. enjoying it in utero, Stevie, uh, Steely Dan Peg 77. Is he right? Uh, I'm looking it up. Hang on, Steely Dan. I'm right. You can't keep up. With it. He's got Google. I'm right. What what <laughs> yeah, year did you say? Right. Seventy seven. And what what album? Asia. Yes. And what studio? That I not oh. that good. Okay, but you you, you do that a lot though. You get that a lot. Yeah, they were at many studios. I'll cover my. Do you know? Uh, the... no, I mean, uh, uh, on what record label? Well, at the time it was what ABC or MCA, whatever one of them, you know, whoever owned them that week. Yeah, I guess that's. I, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Channels of distribution being what they are. Yeah. Wow. But Impressive. So not only that, though, you know, I know you're you're playing the dates thing, and that's a just a memory recall. But but he can appreciate the music on our level yeah. without playing. Yeah. That's a gift in itself. You know? Oh, absolutely. It, it just it's like somebody I can just you know just this vomiting and we go for hours talking about music and it's just it's amazing you can get it out well one thing though it's where the girls aren't so you, you know, <laughs> the future uh, spectrum people out there you may want to develop other muscles because you know <laughs> yeah and in our culture they're not a lot of uh you know uh, it's not like uh <laughs> how do i put this uh you know we're not uh, spectrum hotties <laughs> yeah, it's just it, not it, that it, I'm it. suggesting I'm chopped liver because I'm not, but you know, I don't have a small head or anything. <laughs> no, it's just you know, uh, I, we're not known for our uh, you know large organs or uh, uh, or Hammond organs. So you know, I didn't know I was in a cathedral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank uh, you. Good night. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, but hopefully we'll we'll continue this conversation and think of ways that we can talk about it in a more organized fashion this was sort of an intro to you know expose yeah, we, you to to our friend and, and and get him really more involved than if he wants to um because uh, i think he could really offer a lot and he'll you know give him some more credit than he gives that well you that know, he, he has a lot to offer i'll have to check with my court proceedings you know numerous lawsuits uh, <laughs> yeah. in the offering. hopefully i can fit you guys in my busy schedule <laughs> Yeah, and I will tell you, that, you know, the uh, this spectrum thing is about also how you are completely disorganized. Your your dwelling is a mess. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's something that you're embarrassed by. But it's, I'm talking personally, and he can do that. And I've I've spent the last many decades uh, um, trying to make sure that nobody sees the way I live. Mm -hmm. uh, because if they came in here, nobody's ever come in. He's the first guy I ever walked in the door that wow. I let in. Now, the thing is, uh, so I knew that if anyone saw the way I lived, well, I'd not only never hear from them again, but they would have PTSD from it. They'd probably <laughs> have therapy for the rest of their lives. And and I, it occurred to me this morning, I'm going, he's coming over. I, I got to scramble to somehow clean. And I'm going, it was like this. It was an amazing feeling. No, I don't have to do anything. I was almost like it was the opposite. I was proud. I was like, I wanted to show him my, my work. You know, <laughs> it was almost as dysfunctional as like a serial killer will take on an apprentice. And Avery, what was role, you know, what was and your was, impression when you walked in the door? Um, I thought this is a great place compared to my like shit shack. Yeah, we're having this competition. You know, who's 
I thought he was being much too modest. I was like expecting a chalk outline, a dead dog, <laughs> you know, perhaps a couple of like, uh, you know, uh, the, the dude from uh, the basement in Pulp Fiction, you know, one never <laughs> right. knows. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's. So for you, like, Doug, it, it was almost freeing. It was almost well, free. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, because I don't, he, I, he doesn't need me to explain anything. I don't have to explain myself. He, he just gets it. And, well, and there's no judgment. Very, very, uh, the depression stuff and all that neurological TRD we talked about, that's hard enough. This is even harder. This is very, even less people can relate to this. Yeah. So the fact that I can, you know, get somebody to come in here, that's not going to judge. And it, I don't, people can't relate to it because they haven't had it same thing as depression yeah but in this case it was it, it was amazing that i can just oh i can actually like not sit here talking to myself all day and actually talk to somebody and right. they can come here otherwise yeah. i gotta meet him in a neutral location you know yeah. that uh, it doesn't smell like dead bodies well if, <laughs> if only he had ovaries he'd really be my ideal life <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, we were already dated. And, ovary yeah. and Avery, it would be like yeah. the perfect, oh, God. the new Ebony and Ivory. And don't <laughs> yeah. <try> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like, seriously, like, and like when you mentioned the comedy, it's like I think a lot of things that we come out with, we will, we've tried in front of people, but don't get the same reception because they don't think the way oh, we no, do. No, no, but he cracks that. I mean, people, we, yeah. people, no, that's the one thing I can, you know, I can bring it. It's just that I don't like the traditional environment, bars, clubs. I have the only thing I'm confident about is that I have a good head of hair and that I'm funny. The rest <laughs> of it, not so much. You know, I one time did a performance in a library. If all comedy events took place in the public library, I'd be the king of the library groupie circuit. <laughs> so if anyone is looking for a library comedian, you know, can, they can reach me via you guys. I think the library is not going to exist in a couple of years. So I think we need no, to find okay. another forum. I might be in a puddle. Do you have a, you know, that's, yeah. that's tremendous. <laughs> well, there's, find... there's an idea. You guys do a, a, a comedy duo, a spectrum duo. We're thinking of, of yes. Yeah, so yeah, no, we're yeah. thinking of that. Now, should we, we have, we're going to form a music group, the uh, Edith Bunker Overdrive. Um, and uh we have our our group uh spectrum with attitude like the nwa um so uh but i think the two of us can keep each other in check a little bit uh although there are challenges that we are always talking over each other and because with the disorder we're always thinking of the next thing we want to say right so we are listening to each other but you're still always trying to make sure you don't forget what you want to say next so yep. it's that, you know, over Trump, no, oh, Trump in this, Trump, and uh, I'm using Trump, and I can't believe I used that <laughs> word, but you know what I mean? And uh, so, it, it, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's exhausting, but it's a lot of fun. Ditto. Yeah. Well, Avery, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show today. This has been very eye-opening, very entertaining, and, uh, and I feel good about uh, – having this conversation on the show and, and raising awareness about the spectrum. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, he's very genuine and you've listened to the show, you know, the guy who really wants to learn about this stuff and can put up with me and this kind of stuff, you know, it's very, you know, uh, it's very special, you know, well, putting up with Doug has hardened me. So I, you know, I can take it all now. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're happy to have someone to shoulder the load. It's, uh, it's completely understandable. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'm your like uh, your deputy in the north. 
(laughs) Well, again, thanks for joining us. And that's our show for today. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Avery. That's our show for today, folks. We want to thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also, be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you next week. Take care.